0: For help as we do this morning, Lord, I thank you so very much that you're here in this place, that you know us better than anyone else, that your healing power is real, um, and that we have seen already miracles—miracles uh, uh, miracles to kidney failure, people coming off of dialysis at the instruction of the doctors, being told it's a miracle. I thank you for we've seen miracles of healing in minds, in emotions, in decision making, in spirits. I thank you for freedom from fear. I thank you for freedom from all that limits us. I thank you for what you've been doing, Lord. And this series has been difficult as we've been looking at choices that you invite us to make uh, in the healing process. And I pray that today you would come by your Holy Spirit and you would help us, help us to see clearly, help us to not be distracted, Help us to know exactly what you want us to take away from it. Help us to hear your voice, Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Okay, uh, most of you would be aware we are nearly done with a series called Life's Healing Choices. we are taking that title from a book, which has been on the book table. Uh, it's free for you to take. Uh, and walking through the eight primary lessons of this book, which are lifted from Jesus' words in Matthew 5. Okay, Jesus' words in Matthew 5, the beginning of that, the blessed, right? Or as uh, could be said, these people are happy. God blesses these people. And what's interesting that the book unpacks and that we've been walking through in this series is that several of these follow a pattern... That can be used in healing. And what we're talking about here, and one of the one of the things that we mean by City Harbor Church, a safe place to find and follow Jesus, is that this is a safe place for you to find healing and freedom from life's hurts, hangups, and habits. Maybe you have been carrying hurt from something that was done to you, something that was said about you. Uh, maybe you are harboring a resentment. That's not the kind of harbor that we're talking about in the name of this church. But it's something that we all do, right? We, we all do that. We all hold on to things. Um, maybe it's it's that type of a hurt. Maybe it's a hang-up. Uh, maybe it's something you just can't get past. Uh, maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's just a bad habit, kind of innocuous but not helpful, draining your energy. Maybe it's a hang-up. Maybe it's a secret sin. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've quoted uh, famous... Uh, fighter, Nelson Gracie, who was asked if he could beat a great white shark, and he said, sure, and they were surprised by his answer and his confidence, and they said, how would you do that? He said, first, I drain the pool. (laughs) God wants you to be able to drain the pool on that thing that's been harassing you. I learned something yesterday at the conference. Some of y'all can sit on the front row and say amen. (laughs) Amen. God wants to drain the pool of that thing that has been harassing you, that has been after you, that has been a deep pain, that has been an ache, that has been taking away from your time, your energy, you're wasting money, you're trying to self-medicate, you're trying to heal and find fulfillment in some other ways, and in so doing, you are having other self-inflicted wounds. God wants to bring healing and freedom to your life. That's right. He can do the miraculous and He leads us into choices that are part of the healing process. Everybody in this room has had unhealthy responses to things in our life. To stress, to fears, to regret, to worry, bad habits, painful memories... Um, OCD, perfectionism, resentment, compulsive thoughts, or maybe an unhealthy relationship with food, sex, or substance, right? This is why we have celebrate recovery on Wednesday nights. I go there. It's helping me. Okay, we'll, we'll come back to that. Let's walk through, let's walk through the choices that we've already talked about lifting from Jesus' words in Matthew chapter five. Number one, the reality choice. And this is often the hardest. What I find is that a lot of problems that people come to me with, in part, are holding on to them because they've not learned how to have an honest evaluation of themselves and the problem. We live in a partial honesty. Some of you look nervous, so I'm going to move on. The reality choice where you're doing this acrostic for recovery, the R, realize that I'm not God. I must humbly admit that I need help. Our second choice, the hope choice, E, to earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to Him, and that He has the power to help me recover. Just like the disciples, we say, Lord, I believe, help me in my unbelief. I got to be honest about our doubts. Number three, the commitment choice. C, to consciously choose to commit all my life and will to Christ's care and control. That is what it truly means to let go and let God. Number four, the house cleaning choice. Might as well be a curse word. The O, to openly examine and confess my faults to myself, to God, and to someone I trust. You, We don't come to freedom until we do this. I don't understand why God's not delivering me. Have you done this? Jesus, when He delivered a man possessed by many demons, would have made that movie look mild, said, go and sin no more. Freedom comes, there's a confession, there's a confession, there's an openness, there's living open that's involved in the process. Life's healing choice, whoops, number five, the transformation choice, V, voluntarily submit to every change God wants to make in my life and humbly ask him to remove my character defects. Now we pointed out that this is really done best one at a time, one at a time. And asking God, which is the one that you're focused on? Because I have found you, you can be very frustrated when you're working on a thing that God's not working on. Well, the Holy Spirit gives us an ability that is beyond our ability, and usually He's focused on one thing at a time. Number six, the relationship choice we talked about last week. And remember, all of these are streaming on our website. And available on iTunes. If you've got an iPhone, you can listen to all of the past talks there. And the material in the book, we're walking together, together there with, with the book, parallel. Not always going through all the content of the book, but it's helpful. How many of you are like help? Yeah. Well, what? All right. Number uh, six, the relationship choice. E, to evaluate all my relationships. Offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me and make amends for harm I've done to others except when to do so would harm them or others. And we walked through that last week. Very important, very helpful. Here we are, number seven, the growth choice today. And pray for me, I've got 15 minutes to do what I'd like to have an hour for. Okay, R, reserve a daily time with God for self-examination, Bible reading, and prayer. In order to know God and His will for my life, and to gain the power to follow His will, uh, let's turn to Second uh, Peter. I'm going to put it on the screen. Actually, let's go Second Peter chapter three and verse eighteen. And and I don't have the time today, but <clears throat> if I reread the blessed, or the blesseds in in Matthew five, we could walk away from those with a summary that. Peter, who was there when Jesus said this, says, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, you see on the screen, continue to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now I want to point out something to us that's easy to miss if we, we, especially since we don't have the original language, we don't are not hearing, we don't have this on YouTube from Peter with his tone of voice. uh, uh, Just for my own benefit, anyone appreciate the YouTube messages from me this week? A little quick, some of you. Okay, so I find that I find that um, hearing someone's tone of voice is helpful. If we were to hear Peter's tone of voice at this, this is what I think you would get out of it: the grace and the knowledge is something he's combining to talk about the benefit of growing in your relationship with Jesus. In the Greek and in a biblical context, this word know was an intimate relationship word which included both learning more about and experiencing. I've known Rebecca since uh, she was born. I'm a month older. (laughs) We have known each other that long. We have been married 20 years, and I'm still learning stuff about her. I mean, seriously, this happens. Like, wait, what? (laughs) Or uh, some story from childhood or something. Like, we are always learning about each other. Now, as a good husband... I've kept a secret log of things that I've learned about her because my memory is bad. I've had four concussions, and we don't know if it's that or the bone that broke off my elbow one time that they never could locate again, and I woke you up the next morning to do surgery and never could find that quarter-sized piece of bone. We don't know if that went to my head. We don't know. We're just going to say I was healed, right? But I have a bad memory, so I keep logs of things that I've learned about Rebecca, but still, I'm like, wait, no, I didn't know that. So I can learn knowledge, but I also experience, right? I learn her through experience, through being around her, through watching how she responds in different situations where things come up that are unexpected. Kind of like you squeeze that toothpaste tube and stuff comes out. When life squeezes us, stuff comes out and we learn more about each other. Peter is talking about that level of, inexper- of experience with Jesus. And some of you are aware that we are a church of, from a network of churches. In yesterday's conference, our first speaker was from our network of churches. I didn't know that. I was really excited about that. We are, we are from a network of churches that believes, and the charismatic gifts. You wouldn't really call us Pentecostal or charismatic, but we do believe that God, the Holy Spirit, still functions the way it says in the Bible. And we're not arrogant about it, but we also believe the rest of what the Bible says about how we should behave and act. Coming to church shouldn't be like coming to the circus where there's three things, 12 things going on. You don't even know what's going on anymore, right? We believe we should be able to come together as a family and know to whom we're speaking and what we're saying. But in our small group, we've been—I don't have time for this. This is so much fun, though. We've been talking in our small group about the gifts of the spirit, about prophecy, about about um, healing and other things. And this past week, you know, we're just responding to the election and all that. Da, 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 da. We said, no, let's talk about this, right? And then, and in response to it, like we open up the Bible, and then we open up in the room and we said, okay, what are you feeling? What are you going through? We process together. How many of you know you're wired for a relationship? Yeah. And then we stopped and we said, "Okay, what is God saying to us?" And we we saw and heard some amazing prophetic things, some revealed Scripture things. were powerful. They were encouraging. How many of you that were there were encouraged? Come, I was encouraged. Right? We the song today. I'm not really hip to song, worship songs that are super experiential in their lyrics, and other people get frustrated with me about that. And you think that's really weird because this morning was pretty much all that. But that's because we rotate and we do different stuff. But one reason why I do force us to sing some of those songs is because I don't think that all of us in this room understand that you can have a personal experience with God. You can learn a lot of information and then you can have an experience and you can have both your mind blown and, and unlocked. God created the brain. And scientists say we only use like 10%, Right. There is, your brain can be used to learn so much information about God and to experience Him. And when the information about, and Paul writes to the Ephesians, the Christians in Ephesus, oh, that you would understand how deep, how wide, how great the love of God is, is when that knowledge is an experience that goes from my head to my heart, and then my whole person starts to get to get. To experience that, and some people have, and I myself have experienced that on a level of people would look at me and say that I was drunk, but I had not drank a drop of that stuff. I only had the good stuff because I had pushed out the distractions of this world to a point, and I had combined what I had learned in my brain and in my mind through reading, through memorization, through study, through my doctrine being tested, my own personal testimony through applying the truth of the scripture and the gospel in my life, through being in a worship in a prayer environment to the point when I was so far removed from this world that my emotions and my physical body started to experience a whole and a total experience. And I went through this for about six months. And I would, I like, listen, I still got a 3.8 GPA in college, which was a miracle if you saw my high school grades. And this happened during college, but this is six months of my life where every so often I would be fallen out. And I don't Think that God only shows up when people, what? This is not in the notes. I don't think that God is not here if people don't fall out or get silly or laugh or run in the spirit. That God's here no matter what. The bar that's a couple doors down, God's in there too. Because there are people in there that are searching for Him. God is everywhere. And whether we are learning information or memorizing information or we're having a very dry time or a very quiet time or whether I'm in the low of the low or whether I am in the dull of the dull and boredom, whether I'm at the high of the high and I think that I'm the one that accomplished it, God is still there. But I do believe that everyone can experience Him the way that I did. It's available. When the Holy Spirit immerses you and you are changed. And from that moment on, people say you're different. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about justice. A lot of people have been talking about justice in our nation. The injustice in our nation, Rebecca and I are both part Cherokee, so for example, where we're trying to right now push Native Americans off the reservations. I had a grandfather who pastored churches on reservations. Injustice comes through bad stewardship Jesus taught about stewardship if we recognize that every person every person is created in the image of God we can't do injustice to others we can learn about God and experience him continue and this is what I think if Peter were here today knowing that we are going to face president-elect Trump and all that comes with that If Peter were here today and knew about the injustice and the violence and the hopelessness and the nihilism in Baltimore City, if Peter were here today and he knew about the opioid addiction and the heroin and everything else that's going on, if Peter were here today and he saw the the, the racial tension and all that is going on, I think that he would still bring us back to this very simple word. I think he'd want to sit down with you and say, beloved, are you spending time with Jesus? Are you experiencing Him? I have found that the injustices in U.S. history and world history, the most dangerous people in history are ones that say they are believers in God and they are not. It is the same is true in our nation. People who call themselves Christians and they are not. So, Ah, So good. Oh, wrong one. Reserve a daily time with God for self-examination, Bible reading, and prayer in order to know God and His will for my life and to gain the power to follow His will. I'm going to quickly go through some points and then anyone who would like the notes and the whole piece of what I was going to teach today, direct message me and I'll email them to you. Seven suggestions this morning. Fix a daily time with God. If you're too busy for God, you're too busy. There is nothing you can do in a day that's more important than time for your relationship with God. As Bill Cosby used to say, I brought you into this world, I can take you out and make another one just like you. (laughs) Now, I don't think God necessarily has that biting a sarcasm, but it is true. He brought you into this world, and we can't read the Bible and look at the plain, simple truth of His Word and not come away with the fact that He wants to get to know us. And so we need to have daily time where we pause long enough, nothing with a screen around us, and we block out time to examine ourselves, to evaluate where we are, to allow God, the Holy Spirit, to examine us. Now, dear children, continue to live in fellowship with Christ. This is a relationship word. Everyone who lives in union with Christ does not continue to sin. It's so focused on this secret sin that I'm wrestling with, I don't want to tell anybody about, and I struggle to even confess, and I don't understand why God hasn't delivered it from me. Wait, what? What? Maybe you need more relationship time with Jesus. Continue praying, keeping alert, and always thanking God. Number two, fill my mind with Scripture. It's boring. It's hard. Okay. Did you know that there's more words on the average New York Times Weekend Edition than there is in the New Testament? Do we believe everything we read on the internet? I don't know if any of you read the post that I keep pushing on social media about how we got the Bible. There's no honest academic that doesn't recognize the authority of the manuscript. Of all the ancient manuscripts, we have more original copies of every book that survived today from ancient times than any other book. That means that there is more scientifically that that follows the definition of science and academia more. I said that wrong. It's okay. There's more facts that prove Jesus came back to life than that JFK was assassinated. But does anyone think that JFK is alive today? We can talk about that later. <laughs> Fill your mind with Scripture. What's more believable? Man shall not live by bread alone. Jesus quotes this, right? This When? When the devil came to tempt him. Right. But by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Look what James says. I love James. He doesn't mess around. The truly happy people are those who carefully study God's perfect law that makes people free. And they continue to study it. They do not forget what they heard, but they obey what God's teaching says. Those who do this will be made happy. Who wants to be happy? Uh, if you choose to continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Number three, focus on my goal, not my hurt, hang up, or habit. Come on, somebody. In this, I want to let you know how myself and the small group leaders other leaders of this church think we're not focused on a moment in your life we're focused on the arc the direction, the big picture the long story which direction are you headed are you in a better place today than you were a year ago I got news for you if you haven't made a decision today to be in a better place a year from now than you are today it won't happen Oh, there he goes focus on your goal not your hurt number four face and forsake your failures quickly listen God forgives fast yeah. we talk about the speed of light God invented that stuff <laughs> it's like from now to now it's like an Olympic race we have winner greatest man in the world never heard of him <laughs> God forgives faster than that yeah. what's wrong with you I should be really, really quick to say, God, I did it. It was wrong. I shouldn't have done it. By your grace, I'll never do it again. Please forgive me. I'll slow down and say that again because it's really good. (laughs) God, I did it. It was wrong. I shouldn't have done it. By your grace, I'll never do it again. Please forgive me. And then it's over. He has forgiven you because of Jesus. God loves to forgive, and God forgives fast fast it's time to move on it's time somebody needs to hear this this morning yeah. it's time to move on God's not looking at your yesterday face and forsake your failures quickly let them go God's windshield of your life the front of the car is a lot bigger than the rear view mirror yeah. Yeah. let it go move on we got to confess our sins and ask forgiveness, but that's how it works. Watch this, Solomon, Proverbs twenty eight thirteen. People who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Jeremiah, singing the blues, Lamentation chapter 3 verse 40, let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. Paul, 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one. 31, if you would examine, if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Psalm 103 verses 3 and 4, He forgives all my sins, heals all my diseases, keeps me from the grave and blesses me with love and mercy. Psalm 147, 3, He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. Number five, what does Jesus say when he delivers people? Flee temptation. Don't fear it. Listen, to be tempted is not sin. Right. Jesus was tempted. Mm-hmm. But you do need to remove yourself from the situation. Somebody once said you hang out in a barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. <laughs> if you're an alcoholic, don't hang out in the bar. Right. right? If you're a sex addict, hanging out in the strip club is not wisdom. Somebody else. God can send somebody else to lead them to Jesus. Somebody. Flee temptation, but we don't fear it. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. You guys okay for two more minutes? Okay. Be alert. Continue strong in the faith. Have courage. Be strong. Do everything with love. Don't be fooled. Bad companions ruin good character. Number six, form an ongoing support group for two reasons, prayer and encouragement. God did not wire you to live alone. And I, by live, I mean your real life. You're here. That's amazing. Like you're in the 1% of people in the United States, right? Because if I use one survey to balance another, all these people that say they're Christians, and we're all confused by how voting goes and all these other things goes, is because the people are lying. They're not Christians. Right? I can't walk away from the Scripture and not show up here. You know what I'm saying? With the believers. I live open, but we can come here and still live closed. Right? Form an ongoing support group. I look around this room and I see amazing people that are really good and encouraging, that are not judgmental. Now, I've not said that in every church I've been in, but I'm looking around this room and I know y'all and I know your stuff. This is a good place to find your support group. we got lots of small groups. Maybe too many for a church our size, some would say. <laughs> Form an ongoing support group. Look at the Second Corinthians 1.10. We are confident that God is going to continue to rescue us since you are also joining to help us when you pray for us. Whether or not it was going to be successful was dependent on them praying for you. Here's what I've found. People who are praying for other people in their church don't leave their church. I'm not going to say anything about this next verse other than would you please pray about it and what God means to you. You should not stay away from the church meetings as some are doing, but you should meet together and encourage each other. Number seven, follow Christ to the finish line. Amen. I when I pray for you and some of you know, I pray for you every week. I'm in prayer for you. I pray you will finish. Because the Bible makes it really clear that there will be people that will fall away that will not finish and that Jesus cares about the finishing. Follow Christ to the finish line. Look at this, Philippians 1.6. I am sure that God, who began the good work within you, will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day that Jesus Christ comes. Comes back and look at this, Galatians 6 9. Don't get tired of doing what is good. Don't get discouraged and give up, for we will reap a harvest of blessing at the appropriate time. Wrapping up, reserve a daily time with God for self examination, Bible reading, and prayer in order to know God and His will for my life and to gain the power to follow His will. One thought I didn't put in that I want to just briefly talk about. Jesus' followers should understand and be the best at meditation. A lot of other people are talking about meditation right now. Let me talk to you about biblical meditation. It's reverse worrying. <laughs> you think about what you do when you worry. Kind of obsessing. You're thinking about a thought. You're right? Oh, no. it's like, right? You're thinking about what might be, what might go wrong in the future biblical meditation i push out all the other thoughts i focus on what is good what i believe about god to be true and what's really helpful is when i memorize a verse of scripture and i meditate on that i go over and over and over those words until every other thought has been pushed out That's biblical meditation. And then what I do in reverse worrying is I start to ask the question, if what this says about God is true, then what is possible for the good? What is possible for the good? Let me give you an example. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. That's, that's Bible, by the way. That's not BenMalman.com. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. If you prayed today for a miracle of freedom from fear, that would be a really good verse for you to meditate on today. Like, shut everything else out and just meditate on it. What does it mean? Over and over and over. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. That can be your time. So, I want to go to these three quotes as a goal, okay? A goal for our stepping up out of this. These are things that people who have gone through these steps have said. I've been living with shame or guilt from my past, and now I don't have to live with that pain anymore. I've been trapped in a habit or hang-up that is messing up my life, and now I can be free of its hold on me. I've always been afraid and worried about what may happen tomorrow, and now I can face my future with peace and confidence. Let's stand and close in prayer. Some of you would know that I myself have dealt with crushing anxiety and depression and I don't anymore. I can still be tempted to fall back into it and those thought patterns, but I'm free from it. My life is different than it used to be. I am different than I used to be. I am no longer a slave to anxiety and depression. Freedom is possible. Let's pray. God, I thank you so very much for Your peace, for Your freedom that's available. I thank You for bringing us together today. Lord, we do ask that You would help us to learn how to meditate on Your Word, to focus on You, to focus on what is true, to focus on what is good, to push out distraction, to push out anything else, to make these healing choices. Help us. God, we need help. Help us to live open to find a support group for prayer and encouragement. Thank you for the miracle of freedom today. Let there be healing today for all those that couldn't be with us today that are sick. Let there be freedom and peace in Baltimore City. Lord, bless our giving of food to those in need this weekend. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Some of you may have noticed we have new invite cards.